0: there's a story told of a man who lived a fairly good life let's call him Paddy and uh, Paddy dies anyway and he finds himself before the pearly gates and Saint Peter comes out and says Paddy how are you getting on and Paddy says well I'm feeling kind of dead but uh, um, hopefully things will improve from from here on and Saint Peter said we have a new system here uh, up now uh, in heaven to get you in you have to get a thousand points Okay, says Paddy, what do I do to get a thousand points? He said, So you tell me all the good things that you've done, and I'll tot them up, and if you get a thousand points, you're in. Paddy said, Right, I'll, I'll do my best. Um, I went to Lourdes twice. And St. Peter said, Yeah, very good. Okay, that's uh, that's twenty points. Twenty. Um, I was I was married for fifty four five years, more or less, and uh, never once once was unfaithful. St. Peter said, yeah, very good, very good, 60 points. Um, And he said, well, I uh, went to Mass every Sunday, bar about three, and then there was the COVID time when I couldn't go to Mass at all, but that wasn't my fault. And um, St. Peter said, yeah, very good, very good, good, we'll give you you 60, 60 points for that one as well. And he said, 60 points? He said to sure, after going to the Mass every Sunday in my life, be faithful to my wife, going to Lourdes, he said, at this rate, it's only by the grace of God I'll get into heaven. And St. Peter says, bingo, you're in. <laughs> it's only by the grace of God we get in. Only by the grace of God. We get into heaven not because we're amazing. We get into heaven because God is amazing. We get into heaven not because we're so fantastic, we go into heaven because God is merciful. That's how we get in. So throughout our lives, like we have um difficult lessons. Lessons that we don't like, that cause us not to rely on ourselves, but to rely on Him. Now these come in all sorts of shapes and forms. It might be academically we struggle, and so because of that, you know, we're kind of reminded that we're not all knowing. Now the effect of that should be that I count more on God. We might be not maybe the most athletic, maybe not very good at sports. Now the effect of that should be I count more on God. We can be maybe poor. The effect of that should be that I count more on God. We can be in kind of ill health. The effect of that should be that I count more on God. We can be disappointed by people. We can suffer bereavement, betrayal, calumny, all these kind of things at the hands of other people. The effect of that should be that I rely more on God. Exactly. our life it's 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 not random how things happen it's allowed God permits things but always with the bigger picture in mind And the bigger picture is always eternal salvation the bigger picture is heaven the bigger picture is a happiness that will never end where there's no more sorrow no more pain and all tears are wiped away that's what he has in mind that's the goal of everything so this is why we need, we need eyes of faith. Because if we don't have eyes of faith, if we look at our lives without eyes of faith, it becomes very easy just to simply get hard, to become hardened. Prophet Ezekiel today speaks so beautifully, well, the Lord speaks through him. And he says, I'm going to take from them their hearts of stone and give them hearts of flesh instead. just last night I was going up to my, my hermitage up the hill there and um, I saw a little snail on my step I was feeling a little lonely so I sat down beside him so it's very good snails are very good listeners and I talk a lot so there was this little snail and I was like just don't, don't ask me why I did that but I was just sitting down beside him just getting a breath of fresh air before I went to bed looking at my little snail friend and uh, maybe there's a little boy in me I couldn't resist I wanted to touch one of his eyes, you know what I mean? So, touch his eye and... <sniffs> pulls back into his shell, right? And maybe I'm impatient, but, like, after 30 seconds, he still wasn't back out. After a minute, he still wasn't back out, and then I, then I just went in. That was, that, was, that was me done. I don't know how long they wait in there once you kind of frighten them, but they can wait in there for ages. In our lives, when, when difficulties come our way, bereavement, sickness, illness, betrayal, sadness, loss poverty, ill health. We have a tendency to, to, to pull back, to kind of protect ourselves. And it's understandable. I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to feel grief. I don't want to, I don't want to be sick. I don't want other people to see I'm sick. I don't want, I don't want others to know I'm sick. And so we, we, we pull back, we pull back. And again, it's understandable. But what should not happen is that my heart gets hard. My heart becomes hard. And this can happen. This does happen. One of my first uh, missions, my parish mission, I did, I think it was, I was six months ordained, so that would have been back in 2010, uh, was up in Belfast. And there were a number of people involved in the parish who had grown up in Ardine, right, in, in Belfast. So they would have been, what, maybe 10, 15 years older than me at the time. So they would have been teenagers during the Troubles. Now, teenagers during the Troubles in Belfast, in Ardoyne, are you kidding me? What they didn't see, you know, RUC vans and bombs and Molotov cocktails and guns and house raids and family members disappearing into, into prisons for who knows how long. I mean, they grew up in a, in a really, really rough environment. Remember, there were two men who were helping us with this mission. They would provide the food for us, you know, uh, they'd provide our, our meals for us at the end of the day. One of them was nicknamed Lasagna Joe i don't need to explain why uh so there was lasagna joe and another fella whose name i don't remember Uh, they were about the same age but the other fella looked at least 20 years older and i got to know both of them during the mission and as i was talking to joe joe whenever he'd mention the troubles or things you could see he he would go away in his mind he would kind of revisit or relive some of the things that he saw. And he said, you know, if it wasn't for the grace of God, I could never forgive the things I've seen. Because of him, I can. Because of the Lord, I can forgive. And I can be free. I can be at peace. He was married with kids, and a good man, a good man. I got talking to the other guy who had seen similar things. And then the, like in, during the course of the conversation, uh, he would say things like, you know, what they've done to me and my family. I'll never forgive them. I will never forgive them. And it was, it was stunning to see how that choice to forgive or not forgive completely changed. Two men of the same age. One married, happy with kids, struggled on occasion with with, with the issue of forgiveness but knew that God would provide the grace that he needed and the other man was ageing rapidly and bitter. Now, in our experience down south, we don't have those kind of experiences to contend with but the cross has come your way already, I'm sure. Within family, within marriage, within the issue of wills, wills of the genie, where there's a will, there's a war yeah but as a will there's a war like it'll split a family four ways from sunday dark and slimy (laughs) but you feel safe but your life is miserable inside the shell you may feel safe but your life is it's dark it's slimy it's lonely but to the world you look you look safe that is not the life that the lord has called us to live not even close So he wants to remove from us our hearts of stone and give us hearts of flesh. Hearts authentically human. Hearts that know how to love. Hearts that know how to give. Hearts that know how to sacrifice themselves. Hearts that know how to do all of this without fear you can just live in constant fear if i love someone i'll get hurt if i give something they might take advantage of me if i help someone they might presume help my help tomorrow so it's just better i just pull back from everyone and then i'm safe no then you're alone miserable and bitter so the lord needs to do this work in us to remove our hearts of stone because it's going to happen i'm sorry like it's going to happen people will take advantage of us you know so you might loan money to someone knowing you're not going to get it back might forgive someone knowing they're going to hurt you again so what are you going to do harden your heart and and say look never again never going to forgive never going to love never going to help never going to never going to give you up never going to do any of that is that is that is that what we're going to do and just pull back from the whole world thinking we're safe when all we've done is deprive the world of the treasure of our heart deprive the world and those we know of the treasure of our love. So the Lord needs to intervene. We need to let him intervene to heal these hearts of stone, hearts that have been hurt and turn them into hearts of flesh. Hearts that know how to love and hearts that know how to give. In our gospel, we hear this very odd parable. It's odd because it's not our culture at all. So there are certain things here we will not understand. So the king puts on a wedding feast for his son. The guests are invited. The guests don't come. The guests are invited a second time. And rather than just say, no thanks, I'm busy, they kill the guys who are inviting them. Now, if that doesn't tell you what standard guests we're talking about here, I don't know where they were living, but that's, that's fairly harsh. I mean, you have to kill the fella. Just say no, RSVP, no thanks would be great that's quite sufficient you don't have to kill him Uh, so king is obviously furious and intervenes decisively good okay so then servants are sent out a third time call in those from the from the street corners and bring them in bring them all in because the wedding feast is already prepared so shame to see it go to waste okay so the servants go out and bring in all sorts of people now this is a bit that we find hard to understand when the king came back in to look at the guests, he noticed one man not wearing a wedding garment and said to him, how did you get in here, my friend, without a wedding garment? And with my overactive imagination, I always imagine a kind of a homeless guy in kind of brown rough clothes with a chicken drumstick, you know, bouncing his head to the, da 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 shalala hallelujahs, and the dancing and the music, and just kind of eating away, right? Just enjoying the crack, having the crack. Then overcomes the king and says, sorry, where, where's your Where's your suit? What suit, like? I'm homeless. <laughs> so, <clears throat> there's one key bit of information here that if we don't have this gospel, it won't make sense. Apparently, the guests invited to wedding feasts like this were provided with a garment. So, it's kind of like a shawl thing that you put over. Maybe something like this, you know, something like a, a, a chasuble. Because people would have walked through dusty roads or horseback or whatever it was. They'd arrive kind of dirty. So, this thing was put over them so the wedding garment was provided for you so if you're there without a wedding garment it's because you chose not to have a wedding garment you didn't want it so you're rejecting the gift and when he's asked about this where's your wedding garment he remains silent he doesn't explain because what's the explanation the wedding garment was provided for you all he threw is put it on and then the king's reaction again <clears throat> seems a little odd to us find him hand and foot and throw him out of the dark where they'll be weeping and grinding of teeth. And you can just imagine him grabbing a few chicken drumsticks as they're they're pulling him out to throw him outside. But he chose not to wear this wedding garment. Okay, what's the point of this? We're talking about heaven here. And the Jews, the chosen people, these were the ones who were supposed to be preparing the way for the Messiah and welcoming him when he would come. But they... They weren't going to. Jesus knows this. They're going to reject him. They're going to crucify him. And then the non-Jews, so those who weren't originally invited, if you will, the Gentiles, pagans, us, we were then invited. But we, in our turn, still have to accept the mercy of God. How does anybody get into heaven? Through the mercy of God. That's being clothed with righteousness. But that. That clothing is provided for us. So what do we have to do to get into this wedding feast? Accept the mercy of God. Accept what's been offered to us. We do not get into heaven through our own fantastic efforts. We do have through our part, yes. But we're saved through the mercy of God. He wishes to clothe us with righteousness. He wishes to give us a heart of flesh, a heart that loves. So may the Lord today pour clean water over us, wash our sins away, and that we might join with the psalmist as he writes, a pure heart create for me, O God, put a steadfast spirit within me, give me again the joy of your help, with a spirit of fervor, sustain me. Amen. Amen.